All right, here we go. Week five, fired up with Jake and John. I'm WTOP's John Doman. And I'm WTOP's Mike Jakaitis, also known as Jake. And this week, we are talking ribs. It's the summer of barbecue. One of your favorite things to make. And look, everybody loves a good barbecue rib. There's a lot of different kinds of ribs to do it, but... The bottom line is people like to eat them for good reason. Oh, heck yeah. Unfortunately, our ribs aren't showing because we eat too, too many ribs. That's for sure. <laughs> Not only are there all kinds of different ribs that you can eat, there's a lot of ways to smoke them as well. But, we, you know, we can get into the spare ribs, the baby backs, the St. Louis style, anything you yeah, like yeah, particularly. Yeah, yeah, there's so many methods. Ah, oh, wow. Between spare ribs and baby backs. See, I go back and forth. Uh, right now, I'm... I'm trending toward the baby backs, meaty baby back ribs. Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that's the way I go. When, when, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm buying ribs, I sometimes get tempted to try the St. Louis ones again, but when I really want to mm-hmm. eat well on the barbecue, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going baby back there. Well, well what, what's key with St. Louis, if you can find them already cut? Because sometimes with the St. Louis, with spare ribs, you'll have this really extra piece of meat, and it's not uniform. The cook is a little uneven when you um, buy it and you don't trim it. So when you can find... St. Louis ribs that are already trimmed. The cook's easier, one, two. When you're slicing it, it's easier as well. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, no, I, I like the baby back. Thing. Not, only, not only that, baby backs cook quicker, you know, with the 3 2 one method. And, and we, we are going to get into the 3 2 one method. That's, that's a, a popular way to do it. So, yeah. you know, you can reference it now. We'll explain okay, it here in yeah. a couple of minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, you have the 3 2 one method for spare ribs, but with baby backs, it's more like a 2 one, one or if if your baby back doesn't have as much meat on the bone, maybe like two, one and a half. And, and that's and, certainly one way to do it. But I guess before we start all of that, yes. before you start the, the yes. you know, throwing it in the smoker yes. for those hours, there's that little step that I think I think pit masters around here like to take. Uh, it's kind of a pain in the butt, but the smart ones do it. It's the uh, the film underneath. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely yes, and it's pretty easy. I mean, the film underneath is, is that is that membrane. So all you got to do is put it like uh, take a knife. Put a little slit underneath and then take a paper towel and then you just remove it. It's easier. One, it's uh, when you eat it, you won't have like that extra chew. You won't get anything stuck in your teeth, so you won't have to floss as much. <laughs> yeah, and and it cuts easier. But that being said, some people will just score it, which I which I saw. I saw it on TV. I forgot who it was, but they're saying they score the membrane in the back. So I may try that one time. Okay. And I think one of the things we also like about ribs is that it's so easy to experiment with in terms of the different flavorings, the different seasonings. You know, we talked about that with pulled pork last week, how, you know, you can put anything you want on pulled pork and it's really hard to mess it up. I mean, ribs, you have to be somewhat a little bit more careful with, but well, you it allows, make... you have so much room to maneuver with the spices. You also got to know your crowd too, who you're cooking for. Like, my wife, she doesn't like a lot of spice, so I can't really make a spicy rib for her. So when I when we make ribs, I gotta make a rack for her and a rack for me. So, you know, I, I like a little more spice, and she likes it more sweet. And then also with that, you know, there's so many things as far as sauces, glazes. I mean, and, and we'll get into that. that. That's all of that coming mm-hmm. up as well. But I, I think the, the important thing to remember is when you're doing ribs, when you worry about the internal temperature, and you know, we're we're beating this like a drum mm-hmm. because it's probably the most important thing in yes. barbecue. Edible is about 165 degrees. Once you hit that mark, it's going to be safe to eat. But that's definitely not where you want to stop. You, you really want to get it up into, you know, over 200 degrees. Don't cook it long enough, and it's going to have that chewy, really fatty, and it's right. just you're going to have a lot of stuff left on the bone that you can't chew through, but you're going to be upset that you left it all there. Right, and there's also a fine line, which we'll also get into. You, you can cook your ribs too long. There is that as well. That's something that uh, Fernando Gonzalez at 250 is going to mm-hmm. talk about later on in this episode. But first, 
explain the three two one method because okay. that's something you like to use. Yes, I'm a big fan of the three two one method. The three two one means three hours ribs on the pit uncovered at like I like to cook mine between two fifty and two seventy five. Then after three hours, I wrap my ribs for uh, spare ribs for two hours. I mean, put a little brown sugar, butter, a little honey. A lot of people like to put water in there, too, to help moisten it up. In, in the wrap- inside the foil, yeah, the foil or the paper. Eh, I don't do that. So. No. <laughs> Again, you know, this is some it's, experimentation. It's, yes. There's no right way to do it. I'm just yeah. saying that's yeah. some people like to do that. Others will criticize those people for doing it, saying that they're basically boiling their yeah. eggs for a couple <laughs> yeah, they're of They're braising it, yeah. I know some people use uh, apple sauce, or not apple sauce, I'm sorry, um, apple juice. Apple cider. Yeah, you, know, ap- you can throw beer in there, too, if yeah, you want. Yeah, you could, but you're braising your ribs. I mean, <laughs> look, look. essentially, with, with with the butter, you're kind of braising it, you know, too. But it, mm-hmm. if you're using butter, you're, you're kind of braising your ribs as well. But it, it's there's not as much liquid. But it still, it still comes out good. All right, so we got the three, we've got the two. Okay. Now what's the last All one? All right, the last part, after you take the ribs out of the foil, what I like to do is sauce it and then put it on... Back on the pit or, or smoker for about another hour, 45 minutes to an hour. It just depends. And you, you check your temperature, you know, because you don't want to overcook it. A, a guy who uh, disputes that 3 2 1 method does yes. not like it, will not. I'm not saying he's not going to eat your ribs. He probably would, <laughs> but he thinks he could do a better job as Myron Mixon. And he's yes. certainly got the hardware to suggest that maybe he knows a little bit more. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. He, he is not a fan of the 3 2 1 method. We're going to let Myron Mixon talk about. His favorite ways to cook ribs. He's the winningest man in barbecue. He's got this restaurant in Old Town, Alexandria that you want to check out. Here's what he has to say about ribs. You said ribs in two and a half hours. I think the, the, sort of the popular amateur way is this, you know, that three, two, one method that I'm sure you're familiar with and probably don't abide by. I'm not an amateur. That's true. <laughs> so, so then when somebody's doing the three, two, one, are they doing it wrong? Are they doing it right? Can they do it better? It's a good way to do it, but we do ours here in about two and a half hours. Cook it at 275. What you cook it at 275 and it's what you want to do, you want to cook that rib. Well you meet the marble, always cook when you meet the marble. Go in the middle of the rack, go between the bones, make sure you're not touching the bones. It's 207, they're done. Cook them vertically or upside down? Any way you want to cook them. I like to keep mine flat. And do you wrap them at all or just first two hours? Out in the smoke, and I'm spritzing on the second hour. I spritz every 15 minutes on the second hour. If you spritz the first hour, what happens? Wash your rub off. You gotta let the rub set in the first hour, spritz on the second hour. When the second hour's up, I wrap them, and it deal takes about a 30, 45 minutes till they hit 207. I'll tell you what, I may try his method. I may try it 275 for a couple hours and then wrap it. To both of us, we were talking about this. Doesn't seem like that's enough time, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I mean, like like you say, he's the winningest man on barbecue. And you know what? In, in the grand scheme of things, time is sort of only a guide. It's not necessarily a hard and fast rule you have to abide by. I mean, truth be told, anytime I make ribs these days, I never wrap mine. I've I've used the rib rack. Um, that that helps yeah. save some space. I think it drips some of the fat down. But uh, I'm not, I'm not a wrap guy. I'm, I'm heavily seasoned. I'll put some uh, olive oil on it to let that seasoning stick. But I'm not. Yeah, I, rap guy. I, so wait, so you never wrapped your ribs once? I no, I've done it before. I just, I just haven't done it recently. It's not the way I've done it now. It's, I just, you yeah. know, I, I throw seasonings on it. I'll sometimes hang it in a rib rack. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll sauce them up. Sometimes I won't. Actually, no. I will say though, the most recent rack of ribs that I cooked up, I did wrap some of them up. 
mm-hmm. because I used your apple butter. Yeah, isn't that money? That's it, a money recipe. <laughs> it was delicious. So yeah, if you're gonna slather some apple butter up on there for and, and let it cook with that on for a little while, then yeah, you gotta you gotta use some foil, otherwise it's gonna drip all over the place. But right. I like to hang them, you know, usually on a rib rack, uh, just to to let some of the stuff sort of drip off a little bit. But somebody that I visited a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. did not use the rib racks. He just Laying out ribs all over his smoker was Rob Sonderman. And I do the same thing. He, he's at the Federalist Pig. I talked to him on the Fedmobile in Hyattsville right there. He had ribs laying all over in his smoker. Really delicious. He's got a, a, a nice nice bit of insight on how he cooks his ribs. You lay your ribs flat down in the smoker. They yeah. Don't. Some people like to do them vertically. Is there a I mean, I, I don't know if there's a real difference. Really, like, it's just about maximizing the space in here. Um, so that's why we lay them out flat. How much seasoning do you do? Like, I guess, how do you see, like to season your ribs ahead of time? Like, how, how much do you put on there? Can you put on too much? I mean, dependent on your ratio of salt in your rub, you can definitely put on too much. Like, with the amount of salt that we have in our rub, we can definitely over-season them. I like to at least season stuff like ribs, you know, at least an hour or maybe up to three or four hours in advance because it'll sort of help draw out a little bit of moisture, which will then sort of help the smoke stick to it a little bit better. You know, that extra prep that he talks about there is something that we saw them doing at 250 as well. Only a couple of blocks away from the Federalist Pig. That's there in Riverdale, mm-hmm. 250. They were seasoning and prepping those ribs hours and hours before they were going to go in the smoker. Yeah, and you know, I, I do the same thing. I like seasoning my ribs and then letting it sit in the refrigerator, you know, for about eight hours to uh, overnight because I find out that you let the seasonings, it kind of brines it without brining it. And I discovered that the flavor is so much better. One of the things that we also noticed when we were in there was they were seasoning both sides of the rib. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing, but I don't use as much seasoning on the back because for the most part, it's bone. Right, right. And, you know, I, you anticipate some of that's going to fall off anyway when you put it in the smoker. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I also saw that one time you sent me a photo. You just did the top side of the rib because you said you were lazy. <laughs> Yeah, there, there is there is some of that as well. You don't want to waste the spice. You don't want to roll over and just watch it all fall. Yeah, so yeah, just put it put it in on top. But uh, here, here's Fernando Gonzalez from 250 Barbecue talking about his way to do ribs. And look, this is a guy that he got into this by doing ribs first off. It was one of the first things he smoked. It's one of the things he loves to smoke. Here he is talking about ribs. Pork ribs, for example, you have a lot of bones and you have a thin meat cut. And chances are... If you're cooking at 275 and you're then you're wrapping the, 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 the ribs and then you're giving them a long rest and then you slice and serving, chances are you'll be overcooking those ribs. Because for us technically, falling off the bone ribs, that's technically overcooked. You, know, you want some pull, you want some tug out of it, you want a clean bone, but you still need to feel that texture, that that animalness to it, you know. So now saucing it up, finishing it is, is probably the, the thing that can really take a good barbecue rib and, and just make it impeccable piece of meat. Yeah, and also some people don't sauce your ribs, and, and, and you can still get the same good flavor. It's just personal preference. You don't have to sauce them if you don't want to. Right, it's that last finishing step. It's optional in a lot of places. Some some will tell you they'd rather not do it that way, uh, but but there are certainly different ways. I, I think one of, the, one of the nice things about doing ribs is you can use a – a fruitier and sweetier type sauce. Um, you know, I've seen recipes for just straight up cherry glazes on ribs. And I, I haven't tried it, 
but I've certainly been intrigued by it. I did use a, a cherry flavored barbecue sauce most recently, and it was probably I, I kind of divided a, the rack of baby backs into three, just one with a dry rub, one with your apple butter, and then I used the, this cherry barbecue sauce that I got at the store. Nothing fancy, and it came out really, really well. Yeah, I've done the same thing. I've done like dry, just dry ribs, then one with the like I did with the apple butter, and then one with my regular barbecue sauce, store-bought sauce that I bought, which uh, I like. It's, it has a little hint of honey and garlic. So a, a lot of the chain barbecue restaurants, or, or not even barbecue restaurants, say, but like a, you know, a Chili's or an Applebee's, they're going to load those ribs up with sauce. Yeah, a lot of, a lot yeah of I don't like bar- it. I don't like it dripping down my arm. You know, it, No, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of drippy ribs. And, and a lot of the just traditional barbecue restaurants, you only get the dry rub on there. So do, do you have a preference one way or the other? <laughs> I like a little bit. Uh, I like a little glaze. On on it, and it and also depends. Like if if there's good flavor with the ribs, I can go dry. I mean, but I prefer a little bit of sauce. Okay, and yeah. you know what? We didn't have him on this week to talk about ribs, but in Stephen Reichland's Project Smoke Cookbook that I use, there is actually one recipe that uses a, a straight up a vanilla glaze, the same thing you could put on a donut or something. Vanilla, a vanilla glaze on St. Louis ribs, and I tried that once, and and it was pretty good. You know what I did one time? I tried uh, a little bit of maple syrup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I think that's one of the things we also like about ribs is that it, it's so easy to just utilize pretty much anything you want to, whether it's really spicy and a little hot flavor oh, yeah, to, like, to yeah, sweetness, we had, yeah, or, or we, if you mix it together, even better. Oh, yeah. We had some friends over, and they like spice, so that was my wheelhouse. I loaded those ribs up with spice, with, with, with a little cayenne. Oh, my goodness. So good. All right, so and good. speaking about flavors, that's what we're getting into next week. From the way you talk about, uh, you know, using wood to f- to flavor your food to to the actual spices, and we'll have some good insight with that. All the different ways to really, I guess, make your barbecue just kick even better, which is the seasonings, the brines, the flavors, all that. We're going to dive deeper into that next week. But before we roll out, let's get into our barbecue tip of the week. We always try to come up with something just sort of unique and helpful that's going to help the backyard chef, which we are. And Absolutely. And this tip, I'll give you credit for it. It's you know, it's, it's one of the things that I've learned over time. Get yourself a nice pair of gloves. Yes. You, you told me about this because when you're pulling stuff, meat off the, uh, off the pit or smoker, if you use like regular tongs and the meat's really tender, you're going to have a Meat disaster is going to fall fall over Tongs are going to rip right through your pulled pork if if you're trying to actually carry it with with no support underneath. You're trying to pick it up off the grate and put it into a pan or something. It's going to slip right through it. You're going to have a heck of a mess right there. And and that's going to fall apart before you even let it rest, which is is not something you want to do either. And then the other thing is when it comes time to actually shredding up your pulled pork and picking it apart, pulling it apart – those gloves, they're going to be insulated. They're going to make life so much easier yes. for you. You're not going to burn your hands. You're going to get a better pull than you would from, you know, again, using tongs or a fork or anything like that. Right, yeah. And they're really, they're not expensive either. You can get them for between 10 and 15 bucks. You know, heck, I got mine at Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not going to use them for everything. You're not going to use them certainly pulling like a hot pan out of the oven. But when you're handling meat that's 200 degrees, it's going to save your hands from burns, and it's going to make everything a lot actually, better. Actually, the gloves... I bought. They work. I can pull a hot pan out of the oven. But I'm not risking my hand for that. Read, read the label when you buy the gloves. It's not an endorsement for me. It just it works for me. So, the, so there you go. Get, get yourself some gloves if you're doing this because when you're pulling meat right out of the smoker, you're going to want that support that your hands can get, that tongs and other stuff can't, and it's just going to make life a lot better. Yes, do it. Do it. Do it. All right. This is another episode of Fired Up with Jake and John. Next week, we're talking flavors. Until then, happy smoking.